Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Um, I definitely want to talk about the fact that like Matt in his book mentions that... Um, God um, is, is, is made fairly explicit as a character in the episode, and I don't know if I fully agree with that. I don't... Because Sam yeah. doesn't actually pray to God. He literally says, I don't know who's running the show up there. Yeah. And, you know, all we hear is time, fate, God, or whoever. So I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about that piece of music, too. Maybe Sam's even, prayer. Maybe even sprinkle it in. Why not? Sprinkle it in. It's on the soundtrack. It's yeah, one I know. of the rare... Like pieces of you know score of actual that's, yeah uh, you know I, I will say this about the soundtrack when it came out twenty years ago I really thought when they announced that there was going to be a soundtrack coming out this is when I was a kid I did not understand music rights or anything like that I was really expecting like every song that ever appeared in an episode mm-hmm. or at least like the highlights mm-hmm. the big ones you know all the songs out of Good Morning Peoria. Things like that. Yes, like absolutely. The, like the really iconic music from the 1950s and 1980s. I was expecting that soundtrack. Yeah. Nope. No. You got some great stuff. You got Sam's Prayer. I mean... We got the alphabet rap. Let's face it, they couldn't even get that music for the DVD releases when they put them out, so... Oh, <laughs> God. That's right. That's right, children. We are privileged to have the new Blu-ray releases that have... Most of the original music restored. I think it. I mean, they say mo. I, I I can't. I haven't been able to see. I haven't been able to know like, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Pinpoint anything that's missing, but yeah, maybe they just said most to cover their bases. And... Could be. I know for the China Beach DVD, they did the same thing where they said like most, and there are some songs that are missing. But for the most part, on the China Beach DVDs, the cool thing is they were able to find a cover, and it was usually a contemporary cover, which yeah. was nice. Um, uh, I think the big ex- exception is. Uh, Jimi Hendrix cover of All Along the Watchtower. Mm. I think they use a different song. Like that might even be a piece of music or something. They couldn't get the rights to that, but which is weird because I'm pretty sure Purple Haze is used at one point in the show, and they got the rights to that, but not to All Along the Watchtower. It's so yeah, yeah. It would be like to see like when 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 TV companies got got savvy to music rights because mm-hmm. like Sports Night, love that series. Only lasted two seasons. Has a lot of great music throughout. Um, Life on Mars, the American version. Yeah. Say what you will about the, the, the British versus the U.S. version, blah, 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 Sure. Blah. Uh, but the U.S. version has great music. Yeah. Um, I even a few years ago just started like doing my own like research, started making my own playlist nice. soundtrack from that one. Did you, did you ever see the, beautiful the, the American version? No, I never saw okay. the American version. I only saw the British version. Ah, okay. Yeah. I am. Yeah. One of these days. The American version actually has more episodes. Considered right. a failure. Right. Only lasts <laughs> one season. But I think it has, like, two more episodes than the British version. Which would make sense, you know. Because the seasons over there were only, like, what, like, six or seven episodes? Whatever, yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. Actually, uh, yeah. I know a lot of people who have seen both don't like the American version. The American version worked very well for me. The ending was... Uh, that's, a, in my opinion, that's just a hard show to kind of... To, to, to stick the, the landing on, in my opinion, just because you, you have that conceit and the show's not at all about that. You know what I mean? It's not about where he is. Is he alive? Is he dead? Is he in the future? Is he in the... You know what I mean? Like, it's really not about that at all. Sure. It, it, and so, 
no matter what you choose to do as an explanation at the very end, it's kind of arbitrary. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I can't remember if we talked about it, but uh, the thing is, it's like they knew when they were shooting the last episode, they were on the bubble. Mm. And so the the showrunners went to the network and said, we have two endings. We have, like, if we get next season, and we have the series finale. Yeah. The only difference is the last five minutes. Can we shoot both? And the network goes, ah, you know what? Just go ahead and shoot that series finale. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um... Man, that's gotta suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, shoot the one. <laughs> just, 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 just go ahead and shoot the series finale. And he's like, all right. uh, all right. Uh, but considering that for the last five minutes, and I won't ruin it because I can't remember if I ruined it before you or not, uh, or or, any, or anybody yeah. listening, they had to create like an entirely new set. Mm-hmm. Like they had to build like a special set piece for the last five minutes, and they did it. Yeah, and they shot it. Think of it what you will. And that's it. Yeah. Well, one of these days maybe I'll get around to watching it. It used to be streaming, but I don't think it is on Netflix it, anymore. It used to be on Netflix, now it's yeah. gone. Yeah, and yeah. I, I struggle watching stuff on Hulu, man. I try. Yeah. Like, you know, we do that thing that I'm sure a lot of other people do where you, um, like, we have Netflix, Jess's sister has Hulu, her other sister has HBO Go. And we just share the passwords between sure. each other, so you know not everybody's having to pay for three different services and whatnot. Um, so I guess on one hand, it's like, well, at least I'm not paying for it. But I, I try to watch stuff on Hulu every once in a while. I just I can't handle the commercials, and I can't handle the fact that they want me to pay more to not have commercials. I, yeah. I just can't. I just can't do it. Yeah, it just it just bothers me. Yeah. Well, even now, I mean, I was griping about this on Twitter last week. I, we pay for no commercials. Mm-hmm. I was watching Quantum Leap on there. You mm-hmm. can't watch Quantum Leap on there anymore because now they've bumped some old shows up to their live TV option. And so if I wanted to do that, then I'd pay like 10 bucks more. Oh. But now uh, IMDB has some mm-hmm. new service that they stream through Amazon Video. So now you can watch Quantum Leap yeah. through Amazon Video now. And it's actually it's free um, on the NBC app as well. Yeah, which is which is kind of cool. So yeah, I mean so there are commercials that. there, but you know yeah. Whatever. So screw you, Hulu. <laughs> uh, one, one more tangent before we start. Uh, speaking of time travel shows, have you seen oh, any yeah. of Russian Doll yet? No, I really want to. It's so funny because when I saw your post about it on Facebook, Jess and I had just talked about it because the day that it came out, I'd read something about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting, and I like Natasha Leone. I think that she's really talented, and you know, I just I. I, I the premise of the show sounded right up my alley. Um, and then I watched the trailer, you know, because you know how Netflix has like those extended sure. trailers yeah. that they have uh, when you hover over something or whatever. Um, and Jess, like, she wasn't really paying attention to it at first. And she's like, wait, what is this? And so I played the trailer all the way through again. Sure. And we were like, I really wanted to watch it. And she's in that place where it's like, yes, I want to watch it. No, I can't watch it right now. Like, I'm just, I, I it, it sounds fine. You can watch it without me if you want to, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not in that that headspace uh, to watch it. So we've not we've not taken the plunge yet. Yeah. But I really is, want to. Yeah. It's eight episodes. They're half hour long. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pitched as a three season series, mm-hmm. but, but as far as I'm concerned, like the first season is its own self contained story. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, a t- time loop, time bendy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, but anyway, we're not yeah. here to talk about all that. Speaking of things to watch... Yeah, we're going to talk about some... <clears throat> a single we... drop of rain. Um, Hello, everybody. 
So, we're here at Project Quantum Leap. Um, there are 60 mile per hour wind gusts outside, so if you hear anything crazy, it might be that. The heater could kick in at any time. You never really know with us. I hope everyone's well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Today in Chicago, uh, we got the heater kicking on because it's cold. Today is the windiest day in Chicago I ever recall in my 13 years here. Yeah. Definitely the windiest in, like, my six years? I think that's right. I mean, I was walking across an intersection to meet some people this afternoon, and literally I was getting blown across the intersection. I had a 13-pound jug of cat litter in a shopping cart, (laughs) and it started to take off on me. That's not something you see every day. No. Yeah. But we're not going to be here in Chicago. We're going to be... Where, where are we at in this episode? Clover Bend, Texas. Yeah, we are. I knew we were somewhere in the south. So we are talking about A Single Drop of Rain, um, directed by Virgil W. Vogel, uh, written by Richard C. Oki, who's credited with the teleplay. Uh, Oki and Belisario both are credited with the story. Our air date is November the 20th, 1991. Our leap date is September 7th, 1953. And Sam has leapt into the one and only... Billy Beaumont. Billy Beaumont! And again, we are indeed in Clover Bend, Texas. Um, so let's just get this out of the... Right off the bat, out of the way. Uh, I think this is a great episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely one of the standouts of season four. I think that uh, Virgil Vogel like earned his paycheck big time. I think the direction of this episode is some of the best direction we've seen since probably like early season three, mm-hmm. mid- midway through season two. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's directed... At a very high standard, uh, another another episode with just some really interesting shots, um, some some you know creative use of the crowd scenes, mm-hmm. uh, some wonderful close up moments with just Sam or you mm-hmm. know Sam and Al together. Um, Emmy nominated for costumes. That's right, Jean Paul Dorlier, Jean Pierre, excuse me, uh, and uh, also well earned. Um, you know, it just it, it, it's a really good looking episode. Um, and I think the script is good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of this one. And the funny thing is going into the rewatch, I I remembered things about it, but I didn't necessarily remember it being like a really good episode of Quantum Leap, you Mm -hmm. know? I was like, yeah, it's it's episode of Quantum Leap, rewatch it. And after it was over, I was like, man, that was really good. Yeah. In my head, I keep calling it the rain's the thing. (laughs) Ha ha! I am mashing this up with the plays the thing coming up in a few episodes, and these two episodes are nothing alike. Not really, no. <laughs> Not at all. Let's do some TV guide description. We have two TV guide descriptions for this one. Oh boy! Because uh, in Matt's book, uh, Beyond the Mirror Ravens, she has his usual TV guide description, and then he has another like uh, screen capture one from another TV guide. But uh, TV guide: Sam drops into a huckster who's promised to bring rain to his drought-ridden town and maybe also part the clouds in his brother's dreary marriage. (laughs) And the other one, Quantum Leap presents a touching tale about Sam's jump into a con artist promising to bring rain to a drought-stricken town and maybe a little figurative sunshine for good measure. (laughs) Well, all right then. And let's, uh, what was this called Mm -hmm. in other countries? Mm -hmm. Uh, In Germany, it was just called Rain. In France, it was called When the Storm Rages. And in Italy, it was called The Sky Cries. <laughs> That's right. The Sky Cries. Um, man, 
without knowing how those titles would have played to their native audience, they just seem to miss the mark, really. Yeah. You know, The Sky Cries is very melodramatic and Mm -hmm. not really fitting of this episode. Like, A Single Drop of Rain is also a really good episode title. Mm -hmm. It's very evocative, too. In the context of the episode, it's like, man, A Single Drop of Rain. Um... So the the you know we we start off after the leap in um, Sam is driving into town um, with Clinton Leverett his uh, his friend um, coworker if you will protege 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 that's exactly that's Ment- that's Ment- much e. better word mentee mentee um, Carl Anthony Payne the second who is uh, well known for playing cockroach on the Cosby Show ah uh, um, yeah. He was actually fired from the Cosby show by Bill Cosby himself because he would not get a haircut. <laughs> My face is contorting right now. One say all the things about Bill Cosby. Oh, you mean the guy who says that it's a conspiracy that he's in prison right now? And... Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a political prisoner. Yeah, political prisoner. He compared he himself said... to Nelson Mandela. Yeah, he actually did. Oh, yeah. my God. I know. Man, it's tough. It's... Uh... I didn't uh, hear the I didn't hear the Nelson Mandela part. Yeah. Um, also, Carl Anthony Payne II um, would go on after this episode of Quantum Leap to play the role of Cole Brown uh, on Martin, which uh, I don't know if we have any Martin fans out there, but I have to tell you, when I was uh, a kid, for whatever reason, um, there was a group of us, and we could have only been like ten years old, mm. but we loved that show, and I have no idea why. We just thought it was hilarious, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was just, it was a fun show, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, aired on Fox, I remember, uh, uh, along with, I think, In Living Color. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, so they, they roll into town, and, uh, of course, soon after they get there, we find out that, uh, it is Billy Beaumont's job to make it rain. Rain. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and I love the, the, the shot before we go, uh, going to the opening themes, like, he reads aside, like, you know, uh, the purveyor, what is it, of precipitation and maker ray, or whatever, yeah, and just the, the look on Sam's face as he says, oh boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's great because the, the, the fascinating thing about Sam throughout this episode is that he clearly thinks that Billy Beaumont is a big fraud, and of course, he pretty much is, mm. um, but he never... It's fascinating because he never judges him too harshly, and he never no. judges he never judges Clinton very harshly. He never like he's it's we've seen some episodes where Sam can get pretty judgy, yeah. about either the people he's leapt into or the mm-hmm. people that he's surrounded by. This episode, he never really judges anyone too harshly, and it's nice. Yeah, uh, he's, he's very sympathetic. Yes, he is too busy to be judgy because right. <laughs> he has to figure out how to make it rain. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh man. Um... And of course, that's not all, uh, because as we find out from Al, uh, Billy Beaumont in the original history ran away with his brother's wife. Ugh, with Annie. Yeah. Annie Beaumont. Um, and, uh, speaking of which, Annie is played by Phyllis Lyons. Uh, not a whole lot on her, um, on IMDb. She doesn't even have a picture, actually. No. Um. I just looked at She's married to Adam Arkin. Oh, of of Chicago Hope fame. How about that? It's it's weird saying fame along with the word of well. Chicago Hope, but uh, Chicago Hope. In case you're not familiar, it's uh, 
It's the, the, the hospital show that started the same year as ER. And it one did, show won, and one it, show lost. And it did not have... It was the uh, the Studio 60 to to ER's 30 Rock. Yeah, that, that that's, is, a, that's a weird comparison, but yeah. It is absolutely true. Man, I could spend a whole episode just talking about how much I love Adam Arkin, actually. Oh, yeah. He's great. He was great, obviously, on, on Chicago Hope. Uh, he was great in West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really great in the West Wing, actually. Yeah. Man, he plays... Um, the psychiatrist that yep. Bradley Whitford's character has to yep. go see on yeah. a number of occasions, and man, he's just. I I, I know I know you haven't you you've never seen any of the Halloween series, but he's in one of the Halloween movies. That's right. Yeah, he is Jamie Lee Curtis's love interest in in H two O. Oh, be damned! And he like just his and her scenes together are the most grounded scenes in the entire Halloween franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could absolutely believe that he's very good. He's yeah. very good. I mean, it's it's just the scene uh, be, because we've talked about him before. Like the Halloween timeline is really wonky, wonky because yeah. there's like so many different whatever. But in this timeline, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character faked her death after the first two movies, and there's a scene where like they're laying on the couch making out, but she stops and she confesses who she is. She confesses that you know, nice. and in the world of Halloween, like these are very popular murders, and so. He definitely knows who she is. Yeah, like once, once he calls it out, and it's just like his his reaction to oh, to man. that entire thing. Yeah, one of these Anyways, days. One of these days. I'll one of these days, we'll do. Yeah, a tangent. And, yeah, ah. yeah. We got that's true. We got some stuff in the in the works. But no, you know, I I, I did Phyllis Lyons a little bit of a disservice. She does actually have a, a fairly lengthy list of credits. But uh, what I meant is nothing really stood out to me. Like nothing. Sure. I didn't. I didn't look at something like, oh right, she's in that. Whereas some of the other actors, you know, in this episode and other guest stars in previous episodes, it's been fairly easy to be like, oh, yeah, she or he's, you know, is, is in that show or, you know, was in that movie and whatnot. Um, but I didn't really recognize her, unfortunately, um, which is a shame because I'm pretty sure I did indeed watch Casualties of Love, the Long Island Lolita story uh, with Alyssa Milano and Jack Scalia. Uh, and our dear Phyllis Lyons played Mary Jo Buttafuoco. So yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, she uh, she she does very well in this episode. There's a couple scenes we'll talk about later in particular that I really liked her in. Um, so so Sam uh, obviously has no clue how in the hell he's going to make it rain. And in in most of his conversations with Al, especially the early ones. Um, he's just trying to find out when the next time it's supposed to rain. Mm-hmm. And Al is fairly fatalistic in saying, like, they're not going to see a drop of rain for... What's he say? Because he gives the exact... Yeah, Ziggy has startling, startlingly accurate weather data. Right. Yeah, because he counts it down to the second. Yeah. Of when it's going to rain next. Um, which, obviously, has got to be infuriating and frustrating for Sam, because... who oh boy... It's not. It's not in the next couple of days. It's not. <laughs> no. Uh, eight months, one week, four days, two hours, and forty-four minutes. Mm. Um. So we also have uh, the dear Miss uh, Anne Anne Haney. Anne Haney, yeah, as Mother Anne, Beaumont. Yeah, Anne Haney and uh, Patrick Massette. They make returns. Anne Haney was in Eight and a Half Months. Right. Patrick Massette, who plays Ralph Beaumont, he was in my in... favorite Quantum Leap episode of all time. <sighs> the Americanization <laughs> of Mexico. Oh, yeah. So bad, man. So bad. Oh, 
Tell us how you really uh, feel. Uh, yeah, he played Rusty. Uh, he also played Willie Galt in Friday Night Lights. Uh, and not only uh, something else that Anne Haney and Ralph Beaumont have, uh, or excuse me, Patrick Massett, uh, have in common is that both were in Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, Anne Haney was in the episode The Survivors. Um, yeah. But Patrick Massett, however, was in uh, Reunion and Sins of the Father, both Klingon-focused episodes, and played the character of Duras, who's actually a very important character in Star Trek lore. Um, oh, and, I yeah. never put that together. Yeah. I see it. Uh, he would he would go on to become mostly uh, focused on producing and writing um Later in his career, um, and and certainly has continued to to be, you know, very successful, uh, producing, you know, the Blacklist and Chicago Code and you know a bunch of other. Uh, he also co-wrote Laura Croft Tomb Raider from two thousand one, starring Angelina Jolie. I may have given him a little too much credit when I said successful, but uh, <laughs> no, no, he's clearly successful. I'm just saying, he's clearly yeah. a very successful individual. It's just that some of the shows that he's been involved with. You know, like Knight Rider, you know, Veritas, The Quest, Chicago Code, The Finder, Last Resort. These are shows that didn't last very long. The Knight Rider reboot? Uh, yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, did you ever watch the Knight Rider reboot? I did, actually. Oh, my favorite My favorite scene is one of the pilot. Mm-hmm. My scene that told me that this show knows exactly what, what this show was. Yeah. It was when they revealed that this version of Kit could turn... Into a truck. Oh my god. And there's a scene in the pilot where whoever the new Michael Knight is and, and, and the lady love interest, they're running out of some high danger situation and Kit pulls up as a truck and they jump into the bed of the truck and the guy yells, Kit, transform. And then you hear some pew, 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 pew. And the next shot is them coming to sit up in the transformed car. Nice. Solid. Yeah. Val Kilmer was the was the was the voice for Kit, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be Will Arnett, but Will Arnett couldn't do it because he did a voiceover for like GM or something like yeah, that. And the, yeah, because the car was a, a Ford yeah. Mustang, and so they're like, they're like, no, we don't want you voicing the Ford Mustang. It's the stupidest thing ever, but whatever. You yeah, know, fine. Um, yeah, well, that was a show that happened. I will admit that young young toddler Sam thought that Knight Rider was the coolest show in the history of the planet. I mean, I, I did too. I mean that that show was marketed to us. That yeah, that's true. Although if you go back and watch it now, like there <laughs> are certain me. things, certain elements of of like some of the episodes, especially early episodes that are like really dark or really kind of mature thematically. Okay. You know, like there's like really yeah. Early on, the show gets pretty damn dark. I mean, the pilot is dark as hell. Oh yeah. Um, Get, dude gets his face shot off. Yeah, I was like, gets shot in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then like, tries to, like, you know, save the villain at the end, and she sh- tries to shoot him, and he's, like, trying to tell her not to shoot, but she shoots anyway, but, of course, Kit is bulletproof, so the bullet bounces off, hits her in the fucking chest, and she, like, dies. Like, right there. Like, the love interest slash villain of the piece. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a brutal, it's a pretty brutal show early on. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I'm leap here. Um, so right away, there are quite a few elements of this episode that are set up um, that I think uh, is smart with the writing, smart with the direction. You know, mm-hmm. we're introduced to to all of our main characters pretty much right off the bat. We get the the sense that there's you know familial tension there that Billy's been away for a while. Um, obviously, you know, 
Mommy Beaumont is very happy to see him. Um, Brother Beaumont is not so happy to see him. Mm -hmm. Perhaps most interesting, Annie is very happy to see him. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition, of course, to this, we learn that the the townsfolk uh, are, I mean, very worried about this drought. To the the point that they're losing their livelihoods on this. Um, And so Sam comes into this situation uh, with a lot of pressure, a lot of tension, and the stakes, while not necessarily being life or death um, or save a family member, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever, uh, are are very real, Mm -hmm. very grounded, very immediate. Mm -hmm. uh, and And I like that about it. Mm-hmm. I like that about it. Um, I think another thing that I got to give this episode big credit for too is Al is probably better than he's been in a number of episodes. Sure, feels like Al. Like there's been a few episodes this season where it just kind of feels like okay, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I know you felt about him in dreams. Yeah, and I and I don't. I think it's mostly the writing. I don't think it's you know. I don't think it's Stockwell. I mean, he's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that I feel like for whatever reason they just didn't. There have been a string of episodes this season where they just didn't know how to write for Al. Yeah. And most importantly, how to write the Al-Sam relationship. Exactly. And that's a travesty. This episode is not that. This yeah. episode is, is, is great It's with great. That. Yeah. They have a lot of great, uh, yeah, just a lot of great scenes of, of Al not going over the top, but almost having fun with Sam in his situation. Yeah. Of, <laughs> yes. Uh, but like, first off, like, like, you're not actually thinking you can make it. Rain, right? And then the whole the whole scene with with the rain making concoction. Oh God, of, yeah. of, of Sam not being able to straighten out the difference between iodide and iodine, and yeah, yeah. He's got seven doctorates. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I like that playfulness, and it and it feels very true to the spirit of Al. You know, he doesn't always have to be a cad. Although in this episode, he does indeed sleep with someone. Oh, he does. <laughs> confused about because he was talking about like I thought they were doing like they were telecommunicating like they weren't actually communicating in person because I just assumed that she was across the country for some reason I can't why why I picture that and then also he made the line about uh, uh, women with glasses have a lot of energy I was like oh okay yeah then there you, there you have it (laughs) yeah (laughs) what more do you need to know yeah 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 um Oh, he also has that great line at the picnic where he's like, he's like, oh man, I haven't had, I think it's, it's fried chicken. He's like, I haven't had fried chicken since they passed the cholesterol control the act. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. Uh, which does not exist, but that's funny. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I remember, uh, I feel like there were a, a lot of series or a lot of tropes like kind of played the idea that sometime in the near future some kind of food control act was going to be passed. They had, they had a similar gimmick in Sequest. That's if right. remember that show, because Sequest, the original, was set in uh, 2016? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And they had, like, like Meat was outlawed. Yeah. Uh, in that series. And which is, yeah, which is funny because... The they, consumption of meat, I should say. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it is interesting because we do get little hints here and there. Um, you know, obviously early on in the series, there's quite a few moments where Al... Uh, is able to kind of have Dean Stockwell's, you know, Earth First mentality, mm. uh, uh, um, which is great, and 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 um, lends us to uh, leads us to believe that there might be a little bit more of an environmentally conscious future ahead. Um, you know, during Quantum Leap, 
time anyway. And uh, and here's you know here's something now where it's definitely like mm. like oh well, yeah people cared about their bodies like you know mm. I didn't want to cholesterol control act that's hilarious man oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but anyway um, well, you know one thing that we should also mention too I think with the relationship with Clinton. Um, it's really nice because we, as the episode goes on, we get a strong sense of as much of a con artist as Billy is and as, and as much, you know, hurt as he's probably kind of caused along the way. Um, he cares a lot about this kid and, and has, you know, been taking care of him, um, you know, feeding him, clothing him, all this Mm -hmm. sort of stuff and has basically promised him the business. Yeah. Now, make of that what you will, because the business at the end of the day is conning people, but... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's... Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it probably should make... I mean, you know, the fact that Clinton is obviously black. Right. In 1950s South. Yeah, and this is one of our earlier episodes, too. We didn't talk about that leap-wise. I mean, this is 1953. Yeah. You know, this is so gotta we're, be... We're, we're just like... A, Almost exactly a month out from Sam's actual birthday, yeah. August eighth, and uh, ju- Clinton's race is really only referenced once at the beginning of the of the episode. I think it's it, I can't remember if it's it's Grace Beaumont or somebody else. Basically, just kind of gives him a weird look or something, but like like and like like and who are you? Yeah, or something and something to that effect, um, which is kind of refreshing because. If they were going to be, like, really realistic about addressing race and being in the South and everything, they could have been less than nice. Right. Um, and it was kind of refreshing in a weird way that, that that they did not dwell on it. Yeah. But it is interesting. I do think about, like, what is the business of conning people and what does it really mean to hand over the business of conning people to your black protege? Right, right. No, Absolutely. It's, I, th- I, yeah, I think another great thing about the episode is that there's a lot of these, you know, little things that do kind of get left up to the viewer to think about, sure. you know, to, to decide about. It's not the point of the episode, and yet mm-hmm. you're there's no other there's no way around kind of having that thought at some point, you know, thinking about the nature of the relationship between the two and thinking about the nature of of like how Clinton fits in the places they're visiting. You yeah. know, and how he's seen and how he's received. Um, but like you say, there's no, there's no like overt racism here. There's no, no. you know, there's, you know, none of that is, is used as any sort of tension. Um, and it's nice. It, I mean, it works. It's never, never took me out of it. Never made me think like, you know, what the hell's going on? No, here? no. Um, it made me think, um, have you seen Hamilton yet or mm-hmm. listen to the soundtrack? As most people probably know, it's like the show is colorblind casting. I mean, you know. Obviously, in Hamilton times, all the main characters that they are focusing on are obviously white people, mostly white men, but in the show, they cast people of well, I think all it's, different colors and races. I think, yeah, but I do think it's kind of important to point because it might be a little bit misleading to say colorblind. It's not really colorblind. Every character except for the king cannot be white. Like, that's pretty much the way that the Ooh, that's works. right, yeah, yeah. Like, every, uh, every character in that play has to be a person of color. Um, except for King George, 
and King George is white. So it's it, it, to the point that uh, the, yeah, that's to, the, to the yeah. point that they got in trouble. The, the New York casting call got in trouble the last time because they actually specifically said no white people, and they were oh, like, and Equity was okay. like, oh, you can't do that, and they're like, yeah, but the characters and it's like, doesn't matter, you can't say it. You can you can cast it that way, but you can't say you know no, no oh, white people need apply. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe I was confused by that because when I saw the Chicago production, the actor who played Hamilton, like he obviously is of some. Did, he may may have been of Hispanic heritage. Yeah, but <clears throat> but he looked very white. I don't know what to say, but sure, yeah. Sure. Um, so yeah, I didn't realize that. No, yeah, every. Yeah. Every person except for the King of England is a person of color. Yeah, I did not catch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic, and and I think that it, 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 it you know, in the, in the context of that particular uh, play, you know, speaks a lot about sure, you know, certainly with where you know Hamilton came from or whatever, and there are controversies that go into you know some of the. The topics that maybe get avoided or evaded, if you will. Oh, sure. You know about his background and and slavery in particular, but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre. And, yeah, and I I say all that to say is like this kind of episode kind of put me in a mind of like you do have some hours of television that kind of just kind of like to pretend that. We're, we're in a more ideal world where racism sure. wasn't wasn't a thing in this time. And right, I right. felt like this was kind of a little bit more. Yeah, that way. Nineteen fifty three Texas, and he comes to town. Nobody says anything. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, there's actually, you know, it's funny because there's actually uh, uh, some early thoughts in the episode as it pertains to Annie, switching gears for a second, um, that it's no wonder that she would want to get out of this dull town and away mm. from this, you know, very sort of monotonous life mm-hmm. and and monotonous human being that is uh, Ralph. Ralph, yeah. yeah. Um, His name is Ralph. Yeah, it was his name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His name is Ralph. And we do learn that that before Billy left, there was indeed a romance between Annie yeah. and Billy. Yeah. Um, and that and that Annie really only married Ralph because Billy left. Yeah. Um, if you can't be with the Beaumont you love, <laughs> love the Beaumont you're with. There you go. Uh, <sighs> boy. Um, so yeah. So, uh, so where where are we? So we, I mean, we start off, uh, you know, we get uh, one of the early scenes is after he comes into town. Uh, do we get uh, the the dinner scene at first yes. with the family? And this is where we really get the, the, the animosity uh, built up between uh, that that Ralph has for Billy, and then Sam gets into some awkwardness of just like, "Hey, tell us about your travels." And Sam's like, "Well, didn't get all the letters that I sent you? Yeah, let's go over these memories and." Uh, Sam is trying to dodge because, uh... He doesn't have any of these memories. He does Klung is not at dinner with him at this point, is he? No, he's not, actually. And, and, and that is something that does get pointed out. Um, I think it was on the message board at Al's place. Somebody asks that, um, you know, and kind of finds it odd that he's not invited to dinner. Yeah. Well, um, take everything I just said back. Right, 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 right. Uh... Yeah, he does. It is interesting because he does kind of disappear 
sometimes. You know, it, when, when, when the family scenes are, are going on, Clinton's not around. He's only around in, like, the, the big group scenes or the scenes with just Sam and, yeah. you know, and, and him. For sure. Um, but, you know, one of the other things about this dinner scene that's interesting is that it does have, uh, you can't help but think of the leap home. During oh, yeah. the dinner scene. Yeah. Um, and in fact, Sam almost kind of gives up the, the jig a little bit when, yeah. you know, he's talking about the food and talking specifically about, you know, oh, my mother right. used to make the... And of course, yeah. Billy's mom is sitting right there and yeah. that's who he should be my talking mom, about. Mom, mom, you, yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Um, in, uh, which is interesting. It, it is an interesting moment because... It, Again, it's, I feel like it's been a while since we've been able to see Sam relaxing and taking something like that in. He's mm-hmm. clearly enjoying it. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's not focused on the mission right now. He's not focused on, he's just sort of like, I'm eating a really good home-cooked meal around yeah. the dinner table with family, and that's nice. Yeah. And do you remember that last leap? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dr. Glove. Oh, Dr. Glove. Oh, Chris. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, 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 we have that scene, and then we also have the scene in, 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 in the barn where Sam throws out this crackpot idea, like, maybe, just maybe, yeah. I can make it can, rain. Yeah. And Al is like, are you crazy? Yeah. No. Go back to mine, Melden, with your leap <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, and the one, one of the scenes I really enjoy is the one between him and uh, Ralph in the store when he comes. Yes. In, when he comes in the next morning, I love the line um, when Sam is kind of taking it in, like, "Oh, isn't this nice?" Whatever the store and Ralph's line, really, must be in the novelty. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there is there is a, a pronounced uh, obvious bitterness to Ralph and it, it works really really well. Um I you know I think that it, it, uh Patrick uh, Patrick Massett does a, a, a wonderful job, you know, of being mm. this sort of embittered character. Yeah. It's interesting because the episode has few things really in common with um, Thou Shalt Not, uh-huh. and yet there are some similarities between the two episodes that I feel are are worth noting. You know, you've got mm. two brothers, the woman, the you know the, the the suspicion of some sort of potential infidelity or something like that. Mm. The ultimately, you know, using a fight to help kind of cement the relationship between the two people. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sam having to get punched in the face a few times, basically. Yeah. Although, we'll, we'll get to the fight later. I won't talk too much about it now. But there are some interesting parallels. Um, yeah, and the other thing that's really great about this scene is when the guy comes in, you know, to yeah. buy the... Uh, uh, Davidson. R.G. Armstrong. He is a staple of my childhood. He is in so many old movies and TV shows that I watched. Yeah. When I was a kid. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, uh, passed away in 2012 at the age of 95. So, yeah. Um, the One of the first things that, that I noticed in his IMDb that I immediately was like, oh, man, I, I, I love that guy. I didn't even know it because he played the character of Pruneface in Dick Tracy. Yep. yep. Uh, and uh, that was when I was a kid, let me tell you. There was like one Christmas, I think, where I wanted to get those Dick Tracy action figures. Oh, and yeah. Prune Face was like at the top of my list. Like, I had to have Prune Face. I don't know why. He wasn't like the main villain of the piece or anything for whatever oh, yeah. reason. 
Prune face. Snuck, I want prune face. Snuck out of you. He was in a few episodes of uh, The Dukes of Hazard, and he was also in a TV movie from the 1970s that I remember my mom taping off TV and watching on repeat, uh, simply called The Car. Okay. And basically it was about a killer car. Fantastic. That just went around the small southern town rampaging and killing people. And it was just kind of it was just kind of left up like was the car like like the like a car version of the devil. Okay. That's basically like what they threw out. That idea that they threw out at you. Um but yeah, he was uh he was in that one. Nice. Yeah. Um but yeah, he comes in and he's buying, you know, he's buying some some supplies and uh doesn't have the money. Yeah. And you know, basically says to Ralph, hey, you know, just put this on my... You know I'm good for it. You know I'm good for it. And, yeah. And Ralph, of course, is just like, yeah, no problem. And, and Sam immediately kind of, I think, searching... Like, this is a very optimistic Sam. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and again, that's one of the things that makes the episode so enjoyable. Yeah. Um... And and it's just nice to see him that way. Yeah. And so he because we haven't had that in a while. No. We kind of had Grumpy Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And so so the way that he kind of goes to Ralph and is like, "That's a really nice thing you just did." Um, and you know, Ralph immediately is just like, "It doesn't matter. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. just leave it. Leave it alone." Yeah. You don't. Well, it was like it was like we're like you know, you know. like what else am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. If I don't. Yeah. Right, because if he can't do that, then he can't do this, and then the other guy can't do this. Do this and then, you know, whatever, yeah. And it's interesting because you get this picture of, of of Ralph all of a sudden as someone who's really you know working to kind of hold this town together in in in, in spite of this drought that they're experiencing, and and uh, he doesn't celebrate that. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. turned him into kind of a hard, bitter man. Yeah. But you can't help but appreciate the fact that he is he is actually trying to hold this town together. Yeah. Which is which is you know a fine quality to have. <laughs> yeah. What is it later on? Uh, the line that Annie had, like when Sam was like, "Think of the good qualities of, of Ralph," and and I can't remember exactly what the dialogue is now. Yeah. But yeah, she just kind of spins it. And it's like, yeah, well, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. No. Um, it, it, it's shortly. It's shortly after this uh, also, which I get. We get kind of one of the first like. Just, I mean, it's just a really fun scene when, because Sam has, up until this point, um, and, and it's been really interesting the way that it's played, he's said a number of times that he can't make it rain. He's not going to make it rain. He can't make it rain. You know, much to Clinton's chagrin. And Clinton at one point tries to spin it, you know, when Sam's like, I'm, I can't make it rain. And Clinton's just like, well, what what Dr. Beaumont is trying to say is, yeah, you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's really, again, it's really well done. And the funny thing is, is a lot of times Clinton comes off as, as more the huckster the, the Billy. Now, of course, yeah. we know that that's because Sam is in Billy's shoes, and that Billy would probably be, you know, one up in Clinton, even if you know if he was there. But up until this point, after the the hardware scene, Sam has again. He's kind of been like, "No, I can't do this. I can't do this." And then when he sees these people again, and he's like, and he and he kind of takes a moment, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make it rain." Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he gets into it, and yeah. he sells it, and uh, obviously Ralph is pissed, but everybody yeah. else is inspired. Yeah, this was his Good Morning Peoria moment. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, you jump back here, Annie Beaumont. Okay, he's a pile of posts that are better off buried, and you don't even notice until they <laughs> rot, and then you either replace them or you move on. Well, thanks, Billy. I never quite saw it that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, you, you might say that you think that Billy might be un, up, one-upping Clinton if Billy was actually here instead of Sam. I kind of wonder if, like, at a certain point, Billy had just started phoning it in. And he actually wasn't. He actually wasn't doing a whole lot. He was just kind of doing the setup. And, and Clinton was the one doing the hustling from town to town. Nice. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, there's also a really, really, really nice scene um, um, between Ralph and and Sam uh, as Billy, and and Ralph has a line um, that that I'm reading now here on IMDb that is just really wonderful. Um, he says, the drought's dried up a lot more so, uh, than soil around here, Billy. It's dried up a lot of soul, most of them. And it ain't going to take a whole lot of your hot air to blow us all away. And again, Ralph is kind of taking it upon himself to defend this town. Mm-hmm. To defend these people. To, to yeah. try to hold on to whatever it is they've got left. Yeah. Um, it would be very easy to watch this episode... And maybe phone it in as a viewer, if you will, mm. and miss the complexities and the depth of character that Ralph has. Yeah, uh, he's a great, great character and a great yeah. foil for Sam as Billy. Uh, and it's and, and it's, he's not wrong. No, he's not. He is not right. wrong. Sam is right. Billy's the bastard. Billy's the one who's trying to sell them this false dream. You know, yeah, he can't fucking make it rain. And the original history, he left with the dude's wife. Yeah. Sam has leapt into the bad guy in this story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's just a very interesting dynamic between the two of them, too. And it, and it carries throughout the whole episode. And, of course, by the time we get to the end, it, you know, that's one thing. But um, So, yeah. So we, uh, so we get to the, talk about, like, the, the rain-making concoction, which is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Sam has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. And Clinton has to tell him about a couple of times, like, uh, what are you doing? What is going on? What's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not how you do this. Yeah. And so at this point, they are, they're throwing the party, they're throwing the picnic, Sam is having someone, is having Davison fire off the cannon every hour on the hour. He's basically just giving people stuff. Yeah. Giving people stuff to do. And I love when the first rain-making concoction goes off the cannon Shot. Yeah. It hits it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. To me, that's what made it rain. Right there. <laughs> it was the mix of the rain-making concoction and the cannon hitting it. Boom. There you go. Right there. Brought on the precipitation. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, also, he, he has his mom throw a picnic. And Sam's got that, that hilarious line. It's like, it always rains on a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that's the other thing. Sam's pretty desperate. Like, yeah. Amidst all of this sort of, you know, a, a, maybe a softer, lighter, more optimistic Sam than we've seen in a while, he he's still fairly desperate to get the job done. Yeah. And has no idea how he's going to do it. And he's relying greatly on Al and Ziggy and Project Quantum Leap back home uh-huh. to figure it out for him. Yeah. Which is something that we don't necessarily see often. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times when he needs them to answer a question or something. Yeah. But in this case, he basically needs them to solve the problem. Yeah. Wholesale. Mm-hmm. And Al is is doing what he can. More than willing to, to, to play that part. Oh, yeah. If he's got a, if he's got a, you know, if he has to seduce an MIT professor while he's at it, he'll do it. Yeah. He'll take one for the team. <laughs> so this is a question uh, I didn't put it up in the in the group but I did put it up in another uh, Quantum Leap fans group uh, just because they have a larger group they have like 400 fans in there and I wanted to get a larger sample 
What makes it rain in this episode? Divine Intervention? The rain-making concoction? Or Ziggy Works in Mysterious Ways, which is like a catch-all third choice? Sure. The majority of people said it was Sam's Prayer. Yeah. Coming up here. So one thing that I didn't mention at the very beginning uh-huh. uh, of the episode proper um, that I, I feel is worth noting, in addition to all of the elements that make this episode great, uh, I did not talk about the score. Mm-hmm. Um, the score is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The score goes far beyond the scope of your normal quantum leap sort of you know paint by numbers episode score. And that's no offense. That's just you know it's it's TV. You're doing 22 episodes a year. You're you know you, you, that's a lot of fucking music to write. Yeah, this score feels like somebody got inspired and was like, I can mm. do I can do something better, something yeah. different, something yes. more. Yeah, you know, and, and it works. It works really really well. And of course, the most iconic for Quantum Leap fans that is piece of music from this episode is indeed Sam's Prayer, which is on the soundtrack, uh-huh. um, and it plays while. Sam makes his his plea uh, to the heavens. Now, it's important to note, I think, that in spite of there being conversation about God in this episode, that when it comes time for Sam's prayer, he doesn't necessarily pray to God. No. You know, this isn't isn't George Bailey on the bridge in It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. You know, this is Sam Beckett in a field saying, I don't know who's up there. Yeah. You know, basically just like, I don't know. I don't know, but whatever there is... Help me out. Yeah. And, and, and it's a really, you know, it's a great, it's, it's, it's just, it's a great line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a beautiful summation of how Sam must feel at this particular point in his leaping career. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've done everything you needed me to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I have yet, I have not failed. Yeah. You know, I've never lost one. Mm-hmm. There have been some people that have gotten hurt. There have been some people that died. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they haven't all been pretty. But at the end of the day, I did what you needed me to do. I set mm-hmm. right what you wanted me to set right. You know. You owe me. Throw me yeah. a line, man. Come on. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So, and it's great, you know, when, mm-hmm. when, when you, yeah. It's just great. It's a great, it's a great line. Go watch it right now. Pause this episode. Throw in your Blu-ray. Pull up. Don't pull up Hulu. Uh, pull up, you know, <laughs> NBC or, or, or IMDb or whatever. Just just fast forward to it. Just watch that line. Because uh, it's good. I almost want to take, maybe we'll do this as, a, as an extra bonus or something sometime on Facebook or something. I just want to read some different uh, quotes and speeches from different Quantum Leap episodes and just put it over the Sam's Prayer music. Yeah. And see how well. <laughs> just, Let, yeah. Let's take some quotes from Dreams. Oh, God. Oh, and let's, man. And let's throw it over, and let's throw it over uh, that. Yeah. No, anyway. I love it. Uh, so from that, from uh, from Sam's prayer, we go pretty close to... We're going into the, the, the final confrontation, right? We're getting into the home stretch here, yeah. yeah. Um, it, so at this point, uh, it, it's clear that no matter what Sam does, Annie is not going to be dissuaded. Like, Annie is, yeah. is pretty much locked into Billy. And, and, and I will say, it's not even so much that she wants to run away with Billy, it's that she wants to run away. She is done with this town... Yes. She's done with Ralph. I would say she is not so much in love with Billy. She's in love with what she's in love with the idea of what Billy represents. Exactly. Absolutely. Getting out of this town. I will say that when it comes time for Sam to just to, to be like, I don't love you. Uh-huh. Um, which is a great scene. Yeah. Um 
she, you know, she's upset. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think she's more upset because of what that rejection represents mm-hmm. than the actual rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get jealous Ralph. Mm-hmm. And to the point where he's jealous, he's upset, but he's also just sort of like, whatever. Take her, yeah. Just take her. You know, just just, just leave. Just mm-hmm. get out. <coughs> like I said, we, we get a kind of a very similar scene towards the end of Thou Shalt Not. Mm-hmm. Except for the fight that comes at the end of Thou Shalt Not. It's more earned. It is. And it's not... And the thing is, is that it's also... It's, it's not so much a fight as much as it is Sam letting the guy hit him a couple of times. Yeah. And basically, Whereas, it's, it's grieving over his dead child. Yes. Whereas this... In, overall, it's a great episode. I mean, this is an episode of genre TV in its own weird way. Don't don't think about it too realistically. Whatever. Right, right. But but Sam goading Ralph into fighting him as a show of how much he loves Annie. Right, right. You could have written it going one of either ways. Sure. It, it wins Annie over. Yeah. Or could have gone the other way, and she's just totally disgusted by these men, right? You know, sure. It's and, and the thing. The thing that is so funny to me about it is it becomes the fight becomes about so much more than just Annie, mm-hmm. and that's what makes me love it. Mm-hmm. And I also love the fact that Sam, like it's for Sam, it's not good enough to let Ralph hit him a couple of times, uh-huh. and it's like okay, everything's going to be okay. Him. Yeah. 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 And he fights back. Yeah. And they really brawl. And it's great because Grace, the mother, has this wonderful moment. Yeah. Where, like, Annie's like, shouldn't we do something? And she's like, this has been coming for a long time. Yeah. Like, wait, I've been waiting for this to eat. Are you kidding? I've been waiting for this for years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. And they, you know, they do. They beat the hell out of one another. And you almost, you almost have to wonder, kind of going back to some of those other family parallels, at what point did Sam and Tom, like... Did they... Uh, you know? Like, obviously they never did this. N- yeah. But I would imagine that there probably had to be, like... There mm-hmm. had to be... There had to have been at least some time when they, they you know... If not they traded went. blows, like, yeah. wrestled around a bit, perhaps. Well, I mean, you gotta take this. We do know that, that, that Tom survives at the end of the league back. Sure. Uh, and we know from the novels that, that Tom ends up coming back and playing a huge part yes. in Project Quantum Leap later on in the future. We'll get to those novels later on. But in the in the new history, at some point, yeah, in Sam's late teens, early twenties, him and Tom probably had it out. Yeah, Patty agrees. Right. <laughs> you know the other interesting thing too about, and this is getting into the mythology and, and taking us a bit away from Single Drop of Rain for a second and, and it's something that might be in the novels we but never do tangents at all on this of show of course not uh, but you do have to wonder with with Tom's presence like we know that Sam's dad we know that John Beckett still dies we know that there's nothing that Sam can do to stop that prevent that stave it off or anything sure it gets reiterated an episode later in the season actually mm-hmm. um but we don't, what we don't know, and I can't recall if it's ever confirmed within the show, is we don't know if Katie actually ends up with the abusive husband. We, we get, if I'm not mistaken, we get an idea that his mom moves, like leaves Indiana, and like goes to live in Hawaii. With, oh, right, well, because Katie, the pilot. 
pilot episode. Yeah. 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 Um, and Katie's married to, to Jim Bonnet. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they're all out in Hawaii. Yeah. Tom is in DC. Uh-huh. And Sam is, you know, in the desert. Uh uh-huh. You do have to kind of wonder what the nature of that family relationship is after John dies, after Sam becomes, you know, the next Einstein, after Sam yeah. is, is working in this project. Because let's face it, if Sam's working on Project Quantum Leap, he's probably not spending a lot of time, like, you know, no. well, I mean, calling up mom, saying, yeah, like, hey, I Thelma. Mean, I, mean, well, I mean, we're getting into, like, uh, a, a, a reveal in the last season, but Sam doesn't make it home for his dad's funeral. Right. So what is that like? Yeah. And, you know, between Project Quantum Leap and Project Starbright and all of the time that he's spending working on these things, and also, a- again, it's, it's, it's a little timey-wimey here, but there's the idea that if he marries Donna, if Donna doesn't leave him at the altar... Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, there's, like, there's, 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 there's got to be some interesting family dynamics there. Oh, sure. That... Given given the right context, I think would 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 really make for an interesting reviewing of of Leap Home Part One in particular. Yeah, um, Hattie agrees again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, so we're gonna so yeah. We're, yeah this fight. They they fight. They beat the hell out of one another. It's a great little fight scene. It, it, it's loaded with a lot of stuff. And again, Sam is pushing Ralph. I think not so much to be a more exuberant, open. Yeah, husband and loving husband and everything, but also to to let go of all that bitterness. Yeah, just like it's you don't have to save this town. Like save yourself. Like mm. be like be happy, man. Yeah, and it works. Yeah, in the short term, who knows? You know, sure. Yeah, he yeah. could wake up tomorrow morning and still be a bastard. But for now, yeah, you know, um, and uh, that's not the only thing that works. Yeah, it starts to rain. So yeah, so so the, so the fight finally finishes, and ba- like Ralph pours his heart out yeah. during during this fight. Pours his heart out. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say that that was intentional. <laughs> pours his heart out, beats the crap out of Sam. Sam collapses, and then we start to see like a little patter pattern in the dirt here, pattern in the dirt here, drizzling more on a on a side view mirror, on a car, and the rain starts. Yeah, starts downpouring. Everybody starts celebrating. Clinton comes up. One of my favorite lines is is when when Samuel's Clinton. And Clinton's like, "What? Like someday is here." And hands yeah. the keys. And then, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this is this is a thing that that kind of. I mean, I can buy Ralph. You know, you know, pouring his heart out and whatever, and beating the crap out of Billy and and. and Ralph and Annie, they start making out in this moment right here, and yep. everybody's celebrating. When Ralph asks Billy to stay, I don't buy it. Yeah. I, you know... I just want... Now get the hell out of here. Sure. <laughs> in in the moment, I, I'm willing to... I, 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 yeah. Right. But no, I, I agree with you. I think that there is an element where you're just kind of like, really, after all that? Like, is that what this is? Is, is that where the story goes after this you know mm-hmm. but I, but again I think in the moment like I am willing to buy it in the moment I think it works because I also I, I also think one of the things that's really nice about this episode mm-hmm. uh, is, is that family is important in, in this episode yeah and, and because Grace you know the mom I think she she needs that too 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, even though she needs to see those two boys fight, she also needs to see those two boys sit around her dining room table and eat dinner together. Sure. I'm, I'm going to throw you out an alternate fan way. Oh, boy. Fi- final scene here. Here we go. That just popped into my head. Okay. So, we get the scene. We stay. Yeah. I'll stay. And then at some point during the night, Al shows back up. He's like, no, you can't stay. Because if you stay, Billy's going to eventually run off with Annie. Oh, yeah. So you got to leave. Yeah. And so the final scene is everybody waking up in the morning and realizing that Sam is gone. And they look out on the porch, and Sam is walking away. Like like Bill Bigsby at the end of every episode of The Incredible Hulk. Sam is walking away, and you just you see Sam from their point of view. Like he's just like a little ant, like out on a dirt road walking away. And Sam leaps. And they all realize that Billy has to go. <laughs> That's the alternate ending in my mind. You know, I, I, I'm okay with that. Why, you know, I, it, it, I mean, it is a good point though because again, it's one of those things that we don't unfortunately get a lot of. Uh, is Billy's got to come back, and when yeah. Billy leaps back in, you do kind of have to wonder what that means for everyone else. Yeah, you know what that means for Annie. Annie. Yeah. yeah. And Ralph and because and, and I have a feeling that, that 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 Billy, if he's stuck in Clover Hill, Texas, wherever we're at, Clover Bend, Clover Bend, yeah. Texas, he's gonna start making a move, right? On Annie. Yeah. I, although you know, let's face it, there is there is one does have to wonder because I don't I think it gets hinted at, but I can't remember if it's ever explicitly stated because it has been over a week since we watched this episode because we had to postpone. Last week's recording yeah, session, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but 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 it is interesting to think that Billy does come back. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to come back to Texas. Mm-hmm. He has had these conversations with Clinton about Clinton taking over. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that it was Billy's idea to come back and stay home. Mm-hmm. You know, clearly in the original history he runs away with Annie. But maybe one of the reasons why in the original history he ran away with Annie is because he had the opportunity to run away with Annie. And now, if he realizes he can't run away with Annie, maybe he does stay. Maybe he does, like, stick it out there. Help Ralph at the general store or whatever. I don't know. That's a possibility. Yeah. That's all I have. We don't know. We'll never know. We never get get a follow-up. A redo. No. Um, I had a thought. Then I lost it. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we, we touched on this, I think, before we started recording. So, yeah, we had to postpone recording this episode a week uh, as we were getting it about ready to record last week. Uh, Betsy had a minor fender bender while she was at grocery shopping, and that created a whole, a little drama in our household for a little bit. Yes. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was rainy, snowy, and nasty in Chicago last week. Uh, but I do want to mention, I one of my favorite uh, single shots in this episode, and I'll make sure that we use this one of the screenshots that we put on social media, is how well Sam and Al's outfits complement each other oh, I'm s- at the picnic. I'm so glad you brought that up, actually, because I it was one of the things I was thinking as I was watching the episode. Mm-hmm. Sam in this episode is, is has like raided Al's closet. Yeah. Like Billy Beaumont dresses more like Al. I'm surprised they didn't make a crack about uh, that. Right? 
Because, because I thought this, it a couple of times. Because I think this is the only time in the entire series that I can recall <laughs> where I, I feel like they went out of their way for Sam and Al's outfits to, to complement one another. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's great. It, yeah, it, and 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 again, it's just another high quality element of this episode. Mm-hmm. And the costumes. I mean, you know, Jean Pierre earned that nomination, even if he says he could take or leave them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's well earned, and mm-hmm. and and it's just a well produced episode mm-hmm. of Quantum Leap. A well produced hour of television. It's it's like uh, so I, I took a journey out to the suburbs, near suburbs today, to um, go to Half Price Books to get rid of some stuff um, which really by the time you drive out there and they make you your, they're just insanely insulting offers sure you know and you just smile and say yes that's fine yeah it's, you know 20 bucks more than I would have had if I would have donated all this stuff to Goodwill or whatever sure which probably should have done that anyway but anyway as I over there while I was there they did have the Quantum Leap book which I have somewhere I just don't it's in a box somewhere uh, and I just couldn't help I picked it up and was just kind of flipping through it and, and you the, say the Quantum Leap book, the yeah, you know the big oh like, yeah, the, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Was I mean, it the just, Quantum Leap book or the complete Quantum Leap book? There were two versions. They put one out between the fourth and the fifth season. This is the yeah. This is the one that was between the fourth and the fifth. Got it. This okay. is not the one that was yeah. Okay. Because it only because the it only went up to the like the end of the fourth season. Fourth season. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and this is something we've talked about before but it was just kind of like I, I couldn't help but read I picked it up and I was flipping through it and you know towards the very beginning when they talk about the risk of the show yeah and about Belisario like you know really wanting to do kind of a, like a Twilight Zone kind of show yeah like, an anthology you, you know, yeah. an anthology show um, and this is one of those episodes that I think is exemplary of the best of what a show of that nature can do mm. it's by no means the best episode of the series it's not like it, you know it might not even be in the top 10 but it's just really strong and it's really well done and it's mm. really well crafted and it puts you in 1953 Texas yeah it puts you in you know this, these people's lives yeah and, and the stakes feel very real and, and you know oh god there's that we didn't even talk about that there's that one great scene where they're trying to figure out how they're going to pay Sam and the one farmer like brings him like, uh, yeah. you know, a bag of seeds or whatever, and it's just mm. like, you know, this is what I got, and you know, I'll bring you more, and I'll do, and it, and it's like, man, it it, 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 God, it almost reminds you like to kill a mockingbird, mm-hmm. you know, when 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 Scout and Jem are like asking Atticus why he lets you know so and so pay with this or pay with that, and you mm-hmm. know, and Atticus is like, that's what they've got, that's you what know, they got. Well, I mean, this is also, uh, and Matt points out in his book. Uh, this is very similar to um, another one. Another episode of the show. Not in, not another episode of the show, but uh, uh, the, is he talking about the Rainmaker? No, 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 no. Uh, the Rainmaker. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I actually I'm very familiar with Rainmaker. I was in a production of it. It was, was one of the first plays I ever did when I was a kid. Uh, played played Jimmy, the, the youngest son. Okay, um, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is there is that element where you know Starbuck is is definitely a uh, you know a huckster. Yeah, and is coming to town and, and you know falls in love with the mm-hmm. the daughter of the guy who you know decides to hire him and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, it's Catherine Hepburn, Burt Lancaster in the film, but um, yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it, moments like that just <laughs> drive you know drive home I, again what's important to these people and what the, you know, what the stakes are and, and, and uh, 
you know, just kind of kind of breaks Sam's heart. Like you can just see the look on his face when he's getting offered this bag of like, you know, people are offering him like pigs, you know, yeah, seeds and corn and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like, yeah. And if, go ahead. One of the things that this episode does really well is that it maintains a sense of levity, uh, but there's such a strong emotional core and there's such a strong heart to the episode that it never becomes like just a comedy episode. No. And the people, they could have very easily have made a mockery of the people yes. in this town, and they did not do no. that. No. It's a very, like I said, it's just a judgment-free episode in yeah. a lot of ways. Uh, it's so strong for it. And the people just feel real. They really want, they really, you know, they, they need it to rain. Yeah. 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 I just thought about like a crazy political tangent that I'm not gonna go on. No, I yeah, yes, yes. I, I thought I thought the same thing. I was like, uh oh, no, let's sold just, them a pack of lies. Let's just leave no. it um, leave it leave it at and, and this is what the series does best and I, I wish they would have done it more, is use Sam as a conduit to tell these other people's stories. Yeah. Yep. And this is yeah. This does yeah. that very well, absolutely. It's you know, in a way, it almost reminds me of uh, Future Boy in a way, uh, with that because mm-hmm. that they, they, you get a real sense of like kind of the human cost, if you will. Yeah, you know, and this episode feels like you get a real sense of the human cost, which is nice. And and I think that that's one of the things that the episode does, in spite of the levity of the episode, it never lets us forget that Billy Beaumont is not really a great person, yeah. and he has hurt people along the way. Yeah, and and the last thing Sam wants to do is take advantage of anyone. And yeah. take advantage of any of these people, but he wants to help them, and he knows the only way to help them is to make it rain. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. just great stuff. Uh, another thing that's worth noting looks really good on Blu-ray. Uh, costumes really pop. The cars look good. There's like the dust in the air. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, hell, even like Scott's skin. Like there, there, yeah. there are a lot of shots in this episode that just really, really pop really mm-hmm. nicely on Blu-ray. Um, Scott Bakula's skin. Yeah, uh, there is actually. A, a kind of a joke about the costume about about Sam wearing clothes. Al looks at Sam at one point says nice clothes. Oh, okay. And and I wrote that down actually in my notes because I could totally see Al wearing like the hat I think that oh, sure. Sam was wearing yeah. at one point or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. But Sam leaps out mm-hmm. and he leaps into the back. So a chain gang. Uh, the chain gang truck and his fellow chainier, chainy, whatever you want to call him, they jump out the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I've got decent memories of this episode. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I haven't done it yet. Um, it is worth noting that while this last episode, it really doesn't have a lot in common with the Rainmaker. Uh-huh. Uh, like the setup, other than yeah. The, yeah, other than yeah. the setup, perhaps this next episode has a lot in common, like to the point where you could almost look at it as like a mini remake of a film with Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier called The Defiant Ones. I need to go. I've heard of this one. Yeah. I need to go and rewatch it. Yeah. Um, very, very, very reminiscent. Very similar. Very, very similar. Oh God. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the cover on IMDb, and I'm like. Yep, I just totally forgot about a scene that in the episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's a, you know I, I think that 
whereas this episode, where a single drop of rain might not be one of those big, like, you know, message episodes or, you know, big thematic episodes or arc episodes or, or, or whatever, uh, you know, still very good, really loved it. I, I do feel like Unchained has a little bit of, uh, you know, more, more message. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. But Single Drop Rain, it's a solid one. If I was sitting someone down, like, just give you, like, a, a, a typical episode. Yes. Not a mythology episode, not a very special episode. Just a very typical episode. Yep. This is a perfect good one people I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, the MacGyver Project, uh, I've been kind of going to, to his website a bit um, and, and looking at his episode overviews and reviews of Quantum Leap because, uh, yeah, he started Quantum Leap a couple of years ago, I guess, yeah. and, and, has, and has been uploading um, his overviews and, and, and reviews and stuff, and uh, he really liked this one a lot. Mm. Um ranked it very very highly actually um and and I think it's interesting because there are a lot uh tour.com actually did a uh, a quick little snippet on this episode as well and they were very um complimentary of it as well um the interesting thing is is that on the Al's Place message board yeah uh the opinions seem to vary uh and it's interesting because I do think that it's the type of episode that, depending on what kind of fan you are, you could see it maybe as a bit of a throwaway episode, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's just a very, it's a very good, and I mm-hmm. agree. If I was gonna, you know, this that, this could easily be in like one of those like marathons to just kind of be like, I'm not gonna show you a leap home. I'm not gonna show you a leap back. I'm not gonna show you that shock theater. I'm not gonna show you any of the big episodes. Yeah, I'm just gonna show you four or five episodes, mm-hmm. just to say like. This is what this show is. Yeah. You could do a hell of a lot worse than showing them single drop brand. You could do Americanization of Machika. Yes, you could. Uh, you still get Patrick Massett though, so you know, I mean there's You still that. get yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear God. But anyway, so yeah, that's our uh, yeah, that's our that's our rewatch. That's what we got. Of the single drop of rain. We'll post Absolutely. it up here in a few days and Yep, and then uh, we'll be back uh, shortly, hopefully in a week. Hopefully, things we'll have been see. a little a little erratic for us lately. Although things are going to calm down for me a great deal now yeah. that the show is closed and everything. But uh, um, yeah, I, we hope to be back next week with the uh, Defiant One. I mean, Unchained. Yeah. And um, uh, in the meantime, if you do want to prepare yourself well for our Unchained overview, uh, check out the Defiant Ones. It's a, I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah. It is a great movie. Yeah, and also uh, check out uh, Unchained. Well, of course. And, uh, yeah. I just put this out there if you if you if you've got all the way through this episode here. Uh, so the other day, our frequent guest Chris Stewart, <laughs> uh, he threw out the idea to us of us doing a podcast uh, centered around the new Twilight Zone series that's coming out on CBS All Access. So I'm just putting that out there. If, yeah. If you get this far in the episode. Larry Ganey, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I think that sounds like a lovely idea. I think there's no reason why we couldn't, you know, talk about more things. Mm-hmm. Such, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I was just looking at that one uh, debuts on April 1st. Or does it? Or does <laughs> What if this isn't a series at all? Uh, yeah, so, hey, in the meantime, everybody take care of yourselves and one another. Thank you so very much for listening. We look forward to hearing what you guys have to think about this episode and about our hairstyles. 
I'm kidding. You can't see us right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, take care, and uh, we'll be back next time with Unchained. Let's sleep out of here. The Matt. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at www.quantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time. Can't see, you never know.